The following is a class given by His Holiness Jaya Pataka Swami Maharaj on November 1st, 1992 in Mathura Desh. The class begins with a reading from the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 3, verse 12. Those who criticize in the beginning, later they start to say, very good, very good. So sometimes the people, they have misconceptions. Vedic philosophy is very broad. There are many instructions. In one place, Krishna tells Arjuna, don't be bewildered by the flowery words of the Vedas. Some places the Vedas say to do so many karmakanda yajyas, you'll get so many cows, you'll get so much, you'll become a great king, or you'll get some this power or something. But these are very much on a lower level. Don't be attracted by these words of the Vedas. You go to the transcendental path. Prabhupada explained, if you're in a prison house, what is the difference whether you're in a top cell or if you're in a bottom cell? You're still in the prison house. So all the karmakanda sacrifices only make a better position for you within the prison. But they cannot free you from the prison. But the devotional service to Krishna, chanting of Hare Krishna, this actually free one from the prison house of repeated birth and death. This will bring one to the transcendental platform. This is explained in the end of the Srimad Bhagavatam by Sukadev Goswami to Parikshit Maharaj. Hello, Doshya Nidhi Rajan. You know, Maharaj, he described so many defects in the age of Kali, then at the like a conclusion he said, Hey Maharaj, hello, Doshya Nidhi. This Kali Yuga is the ocean of defects. How many problems are there? Not one, not two, not the ten or a hundred, but millions and billions and unlimited of problems are there in Kaliyuga. Without countless problems. Pastihakamahanguna, but there's one very good quality. Kirtanat Eva Krishna. That is definitely chanting the holy names of Krishna. Mukta Sangha, it frees you from the material bondage of the three modes of nature. Param Brajit, and it takes you to the highest spiritual abode, Golok Vrindavan. Golokya Premodhano, Puri Nama Sankirtan. From that spiritual abode, that pure love and bhakti has been brought here into this world in the form of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. See, Lord Chaitanya was very liberal. He would tell everyone about the chanting. One time when he was in South India, he met some Buddhist priests, some Buddhist monks, 
He talked with the abbot who challenged him. And the Lord Chaitanya, in discussion, he defeated the philosophically the Buddhist priest. They're very angry. So we had to eliminate this person. He's very bad for us. So they made some food and put some poison and some dirty things in it. They thought if you give him this rotten food, then he'll lose his potency. The next day, very respectfully, they came with this plate of food and offered it to Lord Chaitanya. But as he's coming to offer, one big bird came and flew and just picked up the plate and threw it in the air. And the plate came down and hit the, the guru, the Buddhist guru on the head. And he fell unconscious on the ground and all his followers were around him. They told Lord Chaitanya to please do something to bring him back. So Lord Chaitanya said, you chant Hare Krishna and is here. So they started to chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. So they got the mantra from Lord Chaitanya and they gave the mantra to their guru. So the position was reversed. The guru was misleading them. So now they became the guru of the guru. So then the gurus revived and uh, then they became chanting. So sometimes people, they, they, they actually, they're not, they come as friends, but they don't feel very nice about Krishna consciousness for some reason, some misunderstanding. So if people have any misunderstanding, they should simply ask questions. You don't take any offense if a question is asked to learn something. Someone wants to learn, we'll be here for to answer any question. Previously, so many times people, they couldn't defeat Chaitanya Mahabhu, couldn't defeat some Vaishnava Acharya. Sometimes they also tried to assassinate him. You probably know the history how Ramanuja was, attempt was made on his life to poison him. Everyone knows that? He was uh, staying at Sri Rangam at one time. So at that time he was going door to door giving some alms, especially he was getting some food from some relatives of his. There's four stages of sanya, so at one stage you can get from your relatives. So anyway, he was doing like that for their benefit. But uh, Ramanuja was a very powerful creature, so he had defeated some mayavadis, some advaitavadis, and they decided that we should kill him. But if we do, then people will be angry with us. So somehow we should do it in a very discreet way. So somehow, one of them was friends with this cousin or some relative of Ramanuja where he would go to get food. So somehow they said that we just give this to him, it's very good. And that person somehow believed. He got influenced. When Ramanuja came, he was giving his bowl, clay bowl of uh, clay pot of food. Somehow it slipped from his hand and fell on the ground and broke. And then one cat came and just ate. As soon as the cat ate, <coughs> rolled over dead. Ramanuja saw that and he lost his appetite. And he stopped eating. His disciples who become very worried for so many days, he had stopped eating. So they went to speak to his teacher. Request him that you please do something because your Ramanuja is 
not eating. This thing happened after someone tried to poison him, then after then he's not eating anything. He said, okay, I'll go there and talk with him. So after some, but some several days went by. Finally, when uh, the teacher of Ramanuja, he arrived, that time was in a very hot season. You know, and any of you visited Sri Rangam? Did you? You know it's in the Kaveri River. And in the dry season, that means it's very much, very little water, a lot of sand is there. That they cross over that uh, sand. So Ramanuja Acharya with his uh, disciple, he came out to meet his teacher in the middle of the riverbed, in the middle of the day, in the hot uh, time of the year. So it's very hot. Like a furnace. When he, right there in the middle, Ramanuja pays his uh, dandavat, flat out obeisance with the bare chest, right on the hot sand. Pays his obeisance to the, his teacher. And uh, so his disciple also follows suit and all pay obeisance. But one after another, the disciples, they are burning. It's so hot, they get up. They couldn't take the heat of the sand. And pretty soon, oh, no one was left but Ramanuja, and he's still there offering his obeisances like that in the hot sand. The disciples, oh, it's so hot, how can he stay like that? Finally, one disciple, he couldn't bear it any longer thinking that how Ramanuja's body was being burnt, so he laid down next to Ramanuja, picked him up and put him on top like this, so that Ramanuja won't get burnt, and his own back is being burnt instead. Then after this uh, teacher, he said, look, you get up. He said, this disciple can be your cook. Because the disciple, the pain of the Guru was more painful, more unbearable than his own personal pain of the burning sand. So this disciple can be a faithful one that you can rely on to do your cooking. You won't do anything to harm you. So like this there are so many histories. People trying to stop the Acharyas. Of course, that story also is a very big message about the dedication of Guru and disciples. So like that, there was some opposition in the beginning of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu movement. Guru misunderstands. But as people began to understand, actually there's nothing. They, they tried to find what was the wrong thing. There's no, they couldn't find anything wrong. They're only just uh, making up things that they imagined were wrong. When they actually went in there, there's nothing wrong. Everything is very nice. And so the people, they gave up their prejudices and their misconception and they joined. Until there was like a whole flood. So now this uh, Krishna conscious movement like that is being spread all over the world. And sometimes there is also some opposition or some people they criticize or they don't understand, they speculate something. So very patiently they have to be explained, they have to get some association, then they can see that they are being misled, there is nothing uh, wrong in these principles. These are principles given in Bhagavad Gita, these are principles given in the Vedas, given in the Srimad Bhagavatam. These are very elevated principles, they are very high principles, so sometimes people misunderstand. But if someone is intelligent, they can understand that there's nothing wrong. It's very auspicious. And those who practice, they get the real benefit. Lord Chaitanya said that whoever practices Krishna consciousness, they're the one who's going to get the benefit. So we hope that everyone will get the full mercy of Guru and Garanga, Guru and Krishna in this lifetime. And thus uh, their life can be completely perfect.
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 क्वेश्चन सम टीचिंग्स बाई हरिदास ठाकुर चेतन भागवत Well, he explains to one lady who said, "I want to chant mentally. What's wrong with chanting mentally?" In this age of kali, the mind is very flickering. In previous ages, you could concentrate. Nowadays, uh, what? Who has so much concentration? The mind will go off here and there. Someone may say, "Oh, I'll mentally chant," but then, as soon as uh, the mind thinks, "Oh, I have to do the cooking. I have to go to marketing." Or the, this thing that then where's your meditation? It's very difficult for people to have that type of concentration. For if we chant and hear, then even if we think of something in the meantime, the chanting brings the mind back again. So it's much easier to maintain that concentration. So this one lady wanted to do only mental chanting and. She asked, "What's better? What's the difference if you chant mentally or chant out loud?" After all, it's all spiritual, so you don't need to just say it so loudly. Haridas Thakur explained that if you chant mentally, it's only for your own benefit. But if you're chanting out loud, that's for your benefit. You're also helping others. They're hearing the mantra—some ant, some insect, some bird, anyone. Some other human, they may also hear the mantra, so they are also getting the benefit. Like this, for various reasons, if you chant out loud, it's more than hundred times more powerful than mental chanting. So therefore, it's recommended to chant uh, loudly. Uchchhari kirtan koro sankirtan. There's some mantras like that. Chant out loud. What it also bolo Krishna bhajo ke bolo means to chant. Some other place he says japo Hare Krishna. Koro japo nirbandho. Other place he says do. He says both do japa, do also chanting. That is very clear in the Madhya Lila of Chaitanya Bhagavat. Lord Chaitanya explains. It's explained in the purport about chanting out loud. I think it's in the second or third chapter of Madhya Lila. Maybe the eleventh. I'm not sure. As I read in Bengali, we don't have it in the authoritative translation. Many places in Prabhupada's books he mentioned. He was asking them exact verse or just the purport. Purport again? I can do a search. I can so many purports. I have the Prabhupada all of his books and uh, lectures on computer. But it's not exactly speak out loud, move your lips, move your tongue, pronounce the words carefully. Listen, concentrate. This is the best way for getting maximum benefit. I'll look it up. I'll tell you which exact slope that's the one. Any other question? So given the right, because I, that's what Prabhupada told us to do. Is the papers that give the mantra the right here. But in the Bhagavatam, at one point it says that the, for hearing spiritual things of Left side, is, left ear is better uh, in the Pranjana story. I believe. I heard someone make a commentary, but I don't know how authoritative it is. I don't mind. There are many little things like that in the Veda. There's no real explanation, but we know there's certainly explanation. But like normally in all yajna, wife should sit on one side of the husband, but if it's a marriage ceremony, then she sits on the other side. Normally, whenever you give charity, you always are facing in one direction. It says if it's a marriage, you face in the other direction. You're doing konya dance. So just like that, you say, why is that? 
Some of these things, uh, they're not so important to know all the reasons why. We can only remember a certain amount of things anyway. You heard that in the heavenly planets, they have a Srimad Bhagavatam with 200,000 verses. We're only having uh, 18,000. So we're given more principles and less details. So when we go to Sparga for preaching, then we'll get the unabridged. <laughs> it helps to control the mental speculation. But one doesn't have to have the Gayatri to go back to God. It's not essential, but uh, if someone wants to do deity worship, they want to do uh, some higher kinds of uh, service which is given by Pancharatra. But actually, Bhakti Siddhanta Saritakura explains the Prakali Yuga, on the one side, the Bhagavatam was given. And the Bhagavatam and the Harinam, these are for everyone. They are not uh, limited, you have to have Gayatri Mantra or anything. So they are the main state of this age. But in the previous Yuga, when there was all the deity worship going on, somewhere it became very difficult to do according to Vedic Agamas. Mantras are very difficult to pronounce properly. They have to be in the proper meter and everything. So I don't know exact history, but somehow Narada Muni was requested to give some system suitable for Kali Yuga. He gave the Pancharatic system, and apparently there's 108 Pancharatas, of which we basically follow the Narada Pancharatra is the most famous. But there are different Pancharatas which are given how to do this uh, rituals and how to do the worship and everything in the of Kali. So this is supportive because it is supportive for our Krishna consciousness to worship deities, we offer our food to the deities, it keeps us clean. So this is not absolutely essential. Lord Chaitanya didn't establish one temple in the world. He simply chanted Hare Krishna. But his followers, his disciples established temples. So it's a supportive thing which is helpful. Because we are also not so pure to chant day and night Hare Krishna. So the people have to work, they have to do so many things. So they chant and also they do some deity worship or they chant the Gayatri Mantra that this helps to control the mind. But in order to chant properly, one has to be at a certain level of uh, purity. So by chanting Hare Krishna, one is uplifted to the level of purity where one can utilize that uh, Gayatri Mantra. When Acharya gave the explanation, like two concentric circles. One is the bigger one, Outside, one is a smaller one inside. And you're going from the bottom point to the top point. So the Harinam is like a bigger circle. It reaches lower, it goes higher. So it takes even the most fallen souls. And as they're going up, when they reach a certain level, there is a line going vertically between the two circles. When you get up to the level of the inner circle, that's like when a person has becomes qualified to get the Gayatri Mantra. That can help one to go faster up from that point. When you reach Mukti, that's like the other side of the small circle, then you don't need that Gayatri Mantra anymore. And you can stop chanting once you're liberated. But the Harimanam Mantra that goes on being chanted even when you're liberated, even the gopis in Vrindavan are chanting Hare Krishna. Never end. So that goes from the lowest to the highest, where the Gayatri has got a limited sphere. But it can be helpful. It's not essential. It's useful for people who have certain degree of philosophical understanding and sense control, maturity, and devotional service. According to the Vedas, you've been here to 8,400,000 species of life to get to human birth, you've already been here 8 million species. Minimum, that's if you went one each. 
you may be more than one in some species. Someone is dog species, they go from terrier to bulldog. <laughs> Human being, there are so many species. You become now a civilized human being, civilized birth, so this very high. So millions and millions of births you've gone through. So all of a sudden, just in a few months of chanting for a little bit of time in the day, it's not unusual that if the mind's a little restless. That's why we want to, that's why the deity worship, why reading, while good association, proper diet, all these things are important. To bring down the fever. It's like a patient's got a high fever. You can also give a good meal to the patient while the fever is there because it will have a reverse effect. But first you have to bring down the fever, then you can give medicine and other things. Proper diet. So initially, so many symptoms are there. You may have a bad diet, you'll be eating non-veg, maybe you know, people will be drinking alcohol, doing so many things. But all these effect weaken the mind and that effect lasts for a long time. We gradually correct those things while we're chanting, get rid of the very gross unwanted habits. Then we get in the subtle habits, the mental wonder. So as before chanting, we pray to Sri Krishna, Chaitanya Prabhu, Nityananda, Sri Advaita, Gadarha, Shiva, Sri Gaur, Bhaktivinoda. If you chant looking at the picture of Krishna, looking at the deities, if you chant early in the morning before you get open newspaper or get into other mundane thoughts, then this chanting is more effective for concentration's sake. It's easier to concentrate at that time, that's the circumstance. Like it's on our schedule that tomorrow we have Mangalarti at 5 and Japa from 5.30 till 7. If you come that time, we'll have early morning Japa. You can see it's easier to concentrate. Generally we find it easier. If we get a bad start, it's harder to concentrate. So after some years of chanting or not strictly time, but after some serious attempt of chanting, bringing the mind back, gradually the mind becomes purified and it's easier to control. The Prabhupada explained in one of the purports that the mind is something like a wild animal you capture from the jungle. Even if it becomes somewhat domesticated, like these tigers or something that they put in the circus, it may be somewhat controllable, changed. Still, you cannot 100% rely on it. You have to keep it in the cage. You have to tie it up, because otherwise, if you give it a completely free reign, it can go and do some mischief. So our mind is like that. It will run off again to the jungle if we don't keep it tied up. So we have to always keep the mind under the control of the intelligence, following the orders of the Guru. When we get a spiritual body, when we get liberation, then there's no problem. You automatically think of Krishna. But because we are conditioned, we have material body, our habit is to think of everything but Krishna. So actually, if someone is thinking of Krishna, just like sometimes when uh, the devotees, they start chanting and they, the older people say, why are you doing it so young? This is a time you should only think about enjoying. Wait till you get old to chant. They think it's amazing why someone who's uh, only 33 or 35 or 40, you should wait till you're about uh, 95 plus. But who can say how long it was, or maybe 65, I don't know what's the acceptable age. But of course nowadays in Kali Yuga, the life insurance companies are not making so much money because only people die when they become over 90. People can die anytime. 
And this is not such a thing we want to put it off. It's all misconception. People think that there's no happiness in chanting. There's no happiness in a, in a healthy religious uh, life. It's the best of the both worlds. So this is all karma kanda. Misconception. They're bringing all these things. Anyway, that's another topic. But that, what I'm trying to say is that people, generally they say they can't understand how someone is chanting. Even though whatever chanting you're doing is very amazing for a, another person. How the person is chanting like that. But because devotee is perfectionist, they want to do always better, they want to have better concentration, no, no distractions. So even the, the, the distractions they're noting. They want the full concentration. So this will come, but we have to practice makes perfect. It may take 20 years to get the perfection, full, complete. So within a few months you can feel the difference. But there's always room for improving. So these techniques, if you follow, you can see you'll get better results. Start today singing, chanting your japa, singing the kirtan, the mangalarti, reading. Keeping the mind always fixed in Krishna is very easy to concentrate. Keep our other, everyone's working here, so obviously when you do your work, you have to put your mind in your work. When you're not working, you're not taking care of the family, whenever there's some specific moment that is possible, you put your mind back on Krishna. So like they say, uh, idle mind is the devil's workshop. So the mind is never idle, so there's no devilish thought. Don't get the chance to come in very much. Okay? Ishtan bhogan hivo deva Dasyante yajya bhavitaha Tair dathan apradayaibhyo Yobunte stena evasaha Ishtan bhogan hivo deva Dasyante yajya bhavitaha Tair dathan apradayaibhyo Yobunte stena evasaha Ishtan, desired, Bogan, necessities of life, He, certainly, Va, unto you, Devaha, the demigods, Dasyante, will award, Yajya, Bhavitaha, being satisfied by the performance of sacrifice. Thai, by them. Dathan, things given. Apradaya, without offering. Ebya, to these demigods. Ya, he who. Bhunte enjoys stena thief eva certainly saha he translation by his divine grace to the A.C. Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada in charge of the various necessities of life the demigods being satisfied by the performance of yajna sacrifice, will supply all necessities to you. But he who enjoys these gifts without offering them to the demigods, in return, is certainly a thief. Translation of repetition. In charge of the various necessities of life, the devas, the demigods, being satisfied by the performance of yajna, sacrifice, will supply all necessities to you. But he who enjoys such gifts without offering them 
through the demigods, in return, is certainly a thief. Report by Srila Prabhupada. The demigods are authorized supplying agents on behalf of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Vishnu. Therefore, they must be satisfied by the performance of prescribed yajna. In the Vedas, there are different kinds of yajnas prescribed for different kinds of demigods. But all are ultimately offered to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. For one who cannot understand what the Personality of Godhead is, sacrifice to the demigods is recommended. According to the different material qualities of the persons concerned, different types of yajnas are recommended in the Vedas. Worship of different demigods is also on the same basis, namely according to different qualities. For example, the mediators are recommended to worship the goddess Kali, the ghastly form of the material nature. And before the goddess, the sacrifice of animals is recommended. But for those who are in the mode of goodness, the transcendental worship of Vishnu is recommended. But ultimately all yajnas are meant for gradual promotion to the transcendental position. For ordinary men, at least five yajnas, known as pancha maha yajna, are necessary. One should know, however, that all the necessities of life that the human society requires are supplied by the demigod agents of the Lord. No one can manufacture anything. Take, for example, all the edibles of human society. These edibles include grains, fruits, vegetables, milk, sugar, etc. For the persons in the mode of goodness, and also edibles for the non-vegetarians, like meats, none of which can be manufactured by men. Then again, take, for example, heat, light, water, air, etc., which are also necessities of life. None of them can be manufactured by the human society. Without the Supreme Lord, there can be no profuse sunlight, moonlight, rainfall, breeze, etc., without which no one can live. Obviously, our life is dependent on supplies from the Lord. Even for our manufacturing enterprises, we require so many raw materials, like metal, sulfur, mercury, manganese, and so many essentials all of which are supplied by the agents of the Lord, with the purpose that we should make proper use of them to keep ourselves fit and healthy for the purpose of self-realization, leading to the ultimate goal of life, namely liberation from the material struggle for existence. This aim of life is attained by performance of yajna. If we forget the purpose of human life, and simply take supplies from the agents of the Lord for sense gratification. You become more and more entangled in material existence, which is not the purpose of creation. Certainly we become thieves, and therefore we are punished by the laws of material nature. A society of thieves can never be happy, because they have no aim in life. The gross materialistic thieves have no ultimate goal of life. They are simply directed to sense gratification. Nor do they have knowledge of how to perform yajna. Lord Chaitanya, however, inaugurated the easiest performance of yajna, namely the Sankirtan yajna, which can be performed by anyone in the world who accepts the principles of Krishna consciousness. Thus in the Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport, the chapter 3, text 12, a Bhagavad Gita as it is, Karma Yoga. Translation in charge of the various necessities of life, the demigods being satisfied by the performance of yajna, sacrifice, will supply all necessities to you. But he who enjoys such gifts without offering them to the demigods in return is certainly a thief. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. So in this chapter, Krishna is teaching Arjuna that he should work for the pleasure of the Lord. 
This is called Karma Yoga. Working for the Lord's pleasure. In the ninth verse, it explains, Yagyartat karmano nadya nyatra loko yam karma bandhana tadartam karma kunteya mukta sangha samachara. The work done as a sacrifice for Vishnu has to be performed. Otherwise, work causes bondage in this material world. Therefore, O son of Kunti, perform your prescribed duties for satisfaction, and that way you will always remain free from bondage. So, the first thing Krishna instructed Arjuna was to work as a sacrifice for Vishnu. By doing that, you are free from the bondage of the loss of karma. Then Krishna, from the text uh, 10, he explains about the creation, the beginning of creation, Lord of creatures, sent forth generation of men and devas, along with sacrifices, Vishnu. So, as human beings, we are predominated over by the devas. They're providing us the natural facilities in the universe. And therefore we have an obligation to pay taxes to them or to offer back our gratitude to them in the form of sacrifice. So even in the ordinary sense, in the highest sense we should be offering everything to the Supreme Lord. But even if someone is a basically simply materially focused, whatever they're doing in the material world, Whatever facility they're getting, that doesn't belong to them. That is provided by the Supreme Lord through His different agents. Therefore, on account of that, some enumeration, some reciprocation, some sacrifice also has to be performed. Those things should be offered back. The government or the utility they're providing say, roads, they're providing uh, military, they're providing certain protection or maybe public services like water, light, electricity, so Those are all paid for or they're uh, financed through various kinds of taxes, excise tax, customs duties, income tax, sales tax, and so on. So in this way, because the citizens are receiving some services, they have to reciprocate and uh, pay for that. Now in terms of what we receive from Krishna, we're on the honor system that we voluntarily should be giving back to Krishna. Or for the people, if they don't have Krishna consciousness, they should be giving back to Krishna's agents. If you give to Krishna's agents, you still remain entangled in the material world. But, at least, you're not a thief. And therefore you'll get more material facilities. But if someone doesn't give anything to the devas or give anything to Krishna, then they're thieves. And as a result, they have to take all kinds of bad karmas for everything that they're doing. When someone does puja or yagya to the devas, that's considered uh, punya, pious activity. But if you do seva to Vishnu directly, that's considered transcendental. That's above the material level. It's nothing to do with the material world. So by doing work or sacrifice for Vishnu, then we're freed from the karmas of this world. Everybody in the world is suffering the karmas. Doesn't matter whether you're in India, whether you're in America, whether you're in Moscow, or whether wherever you are. Karmas are there. Recently on my tour of the West, I was uh, in America. And recently in Florida and Louisiana, there was a very big hurricane. I think it was called Hurricane Andrew or something. And that was a 
the biggest hurricane which has uh, hit North America and as far as they can remember. And went right over Miami. So the devotees were distributing prasadam there to the victims. And uh, in uh, Miami, and two of my disciples, they also were carrying prasadam by plane. They delivered the prasad in Louisiana on the way back. The plane crashed and they left their bodies. For us, it was also a personal loss to very good devotees. Krishna took them back. One devotee in Miami, he stated that uh, his, uh, some relative of his from South America had moved to America and uh, his house was caught in that hurricane like a cyclone, only maybe, I don't know which is worse, cyclone or hurricane, what's the technical difference, but they're very similar. But in America they call hurricane and in India we call cyclone. Maybe some meteorologists can say what the difference is, I'm not very clear about it. I think hurricane is faster than cyclone, but I'm not sure. Anyway. This uh, relative of the devotee, he was with his wife and family, and uh, they went into the bathroom because the authorities said that's the smallest room, so it's safer. And the whole roof of the house blew off. And then they were holding on to the toilet and the sink and the pipe so they wouldn't get blown off. You can imagine the feeling a house roof blows off. And you're holding on, you know, for life, just not to be blown away. So that he thought that I thought that these things wouldn't happen in America. Maybe South America or India or some place like but America I never thought these things would happen. So somehow he thought that if you go to America you're above the laws of karma or something. But nowhere in this world is there any country that can claim, put up the signboard, come here, it's free of karma. Everywhere has got the karmic reaction, and they come in different ways. But we can be free of karma if we actually work for the Lord. If we work for Vishnu, yagyartat karma no, do work for Vishnu. Anyatya karma loko yam karma bandana. Other work will be the cause of our bondage. So Arjuna is very intelligent. He doesn't want to be uh, remain entangled in material karma. So he's not very interested in all the things that Krishna is saying about the devas. Krishna is, Lord Krishna is establishing a principle. But whoever it may be, we all have to perform yajna. On every age there's different yajna. And in this Kali Yuga, the yajna recommended, the yajna recommended is, uh, what is that process? Sankirtan yajna which is very simple to perform. It doesn't cost a lot. To do home yagyas, you have to have ghee, you have to have wood, you have to have so many arrangements and priests. A little error can create a big havoc. Karmakanda yagna are very technical. In the 6th or 8th chapter, I think 6th canto Bhagavatam, explain how in some previous yuga, one gate brahmana, he was doing a yagya to create enemy of Indra, to kill Indra. But because he pronounced one mantra slightly wrong, he created a son of whom Indra would be the enemy, and Indra would kill him. So slight one akkar, one syllable, wrong intonation, to create opposite result. So in those days they were making such errors. And in Kali Yuga, you don't know what's going to happen. That's why most of these yajnas are forbidden in Kali Yuga. The Karmakanda yajnas are no, not very well, much guaranteed very effective. 
understand that in Tirupati they did a big yagya for rain when there was a drought in Andhra Pradesh. That was the 1970s sometime. And, uh, but the priest, uh, the, they said the yagna was a failure because the brahmanas could not pronounce the mantras properly. The referee who used to correct them, he also couldn't catch it. So like that, the smoke was everywhere, that no rain came. And so many crores of rupees were spent. One yogi near Bangalore, he also said he's going to bring rain. He sat in one dry reservoir meditating, but no rain came. Although it's not our business, but Prabhupada, to prove our point, one time and at the same time, he said, why they're doing all this yagya, this age, especially it's recommended to do the Sankirtan yagya. And in Hyderabad, he started a three-day chanting of Hare Krishna. And for the three days, it was raining in Hyderabad. But these are actually side benefits. The real point of chanting Hare Krishna, of course it will please the devas, it will please everyone, it will please Vishnu. And that's the real point, that by pleasing Vishnu, the chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, we are transcendental to the reactions of the material world. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna explains, Japosmi, uh, Jagyanam Japo Jagyosmi. Of all the sacrifices chanting the holy names of the Lord is the topmost sacrifice. The holy names are so powerful, we cannot limit them. We cannot even try to categorize how powerful is chanting the holy name in comparison to something material. If you do an Asumeda Yajna, you get so many good karma. But even if you do a million of Asumeda Yajna, it doesn't equal to chanting the holy name. Because no matter how many Asumeda Yajna someone does, you never become freed from the material existence. But by chanting Hare Krishna, one can also get freed from the material existence and achieve the lotus feet of the Lord. So all the good karmas can be achieved, but moreover, one can achieve things which are beyond measure in this material world. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he recommended everyone to chant Hare Krishna. And uh, there were people who were objecting. Some of the smartas, initially they objected that these uh, mantras should only be chanted by the brahmanas. Common people shouldn't be given mantras to chant. But Lord Chaitanya, he discussed with them and he said, well, listen, there's a Bija mantras, Gayatri mantras, Pancharatrik mantras, which are especially meant to be chanted by people who go through the samskaras. Mantras that start with uh, Umkara or start with the Bija mantras, these are not for everyone to chant. But Harinam is not of that category. Harinam, anyone can chant. There is no restriction to chant in the names of Hari. These are open for everyone to chant. So don't lump the two together. Don't miss the point. But at the time when Lord Chaitanya started the Sankirtan movement, the idea was 
very prevalent in society that if you chant the names of the Lord out loud, somehow you would diminish the potency of the name. So people would criticize, don't chant out loud. One would just, unless they are bathing in the Ganges and they thought that now I'm pure, then they would chant Haribol or Govinda. But ordinarily they weren't chanting. It was very strict. So Lord Chaitanya, when he started the chanting, it was practically a revolution. When you do revolution, automatically you're going to get opposition. Many people were opposing this. But why is he chanting in public? The sannyasis are opposed. The brahmanas, smarter brahmanas are opposing. So when Lord Chaitanya was chanting and dancing in ecstasy, the people thought that what's gone wrong, he's something wrong with him. He's gone crazy. He's got, but they would say very politely, they approached one day his mother, Sachi, and said that your son, you should tie him up. Don't let him leave the house. He has some bayu dosh. He's got some air problems. Ayurvedic, the three doshas there, Bayu, Kappa, and Pita. Uh, Kappa, Bayu, Pita, and Kappa. Huh? So, say so he must have some Bayu problem. Commonly known as Bayu dosh. So you shouldn't let him go out. We're trying to categorize him as someone with epileptic fits or, I mean, some problem like that. Someone said, yes, you should give him a lot of tender coconut, cool down his brain. But someone else said, no, that's not powerful enough, you should put some Vishnu Toila or Dasmul Toila on the head, Brahmi Toila, something really in it that cool down the brain. Mother Sachi wasn't cared to hear all these criticisms of her son. Ignored all these people. But uh, the news got to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that everyone was uh, saying like that. Because all of a sudden, when he was young, he, when he was about 16 or so, he started to chant Hare Krishna and become very ecstatic. He was already a leading pandit. He was, a, I could say, child prodigy. At age of 14, he became a professor. He already got his Ph.D. equivalent to today. He was going all over. He had defeated the Keshav Kashmiri and so many things. He already was married at a very young age also. His father passed away. He got initiated and he started to manifest his loving symptoms while chanting Hare Krishna. But people were criticizing that there's some kind of uh, illness. So one day he went to see the very senior Vaishnava Pandit of Navadvip. His name is Srivas Pandit. And he asked Srivas if he could just ask a question. Do you mind if I ask you one question? No, no, you come in. What do you want? You see, people are telling me that I got some disease. When I chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare, I feel like dancing and jumping. And sometimes I shout loudly. And sometimes tears come in my eyes or my hair stand on end. Or I laugh, like this, so many things happen to me when I'm chanting Hare Krishna. So, people say I've got some air displacement, some disease. I want to know from you, is this some disease that I have? Or what is the explanation? So, Srivas Pandit, he considered some time he said, yes, you have a disease. 
And Lord Chaitanya, he was very shocked. He was completely silent. Shiva said, yes, you have a disease. And this disease, I also want. <laughs> you have a disease of love of Krishna. Then uh, Lord Chaitanya realized uh, what he was saying. He said, I thought if you said that I had some, just a physical disease and all this was just some physical symptom, then I think I would have just jumped in the Ganges and taken my life. What is the use of living if all that ecstasy was uh, only illusion, only a disease? Srivas Pandit and the Shastra, we find that Brahma, Shiva, the great Devas, they also want this disease. They are mad after getting love for Krishna. And somehow you have it. You are very fortunate. But the ordinary people, they won't understand. They'll misunderstand it. So initially, now better you chant here in my house. I have a courtyard, I have a garden, you can chant here where the devotees will love to come and chant with you. So in this way, Lord Chaitanya started to chant in his house or sometimes in Srivas Thakur's house, in his angan, became very famous, the kirtans in Srivas angan. And there the kirtans are going on. But outside people, they were not allowed to come in for sightseeing in those days. So, the envious people, they would stand outside and just criticize. What's going inside? What are these Hare Krishnas doing? What is that? Haribo! Haribo! Some yes, they must be drinking. That's why they are shouting. Maybe they are doing something bad with women or something, who knows what they're doing and they're all that shouting. What is that? Horrible, horrible. Then someone would come by and hear, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Primo, Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hey, what do you think is going on in there? What evil rites are they doing? What black things are they performing? Sounds to me like they're doing kirtan. Hare! Are you one of them? Are you one of those Hare Krishna? Hare, you people are just envious. Walk off. So like this, there's a lot of opposition in the beginning to Lord Chaitanya's popular movement. And initially people were misled by that. They thought, yes, Hare Krishna must be something else. Maya puts up these smoke screens. Lord Chaitanya's followers, there must be something wrong with them. People would uh, criticize them. Just foolish things, without any knowledge. But after a while, people started to realize that those people are criticizing, they're misleading us. But actually, Lord Chaitanya is giving us the most wonderful thing. He's doing a beautiful kirtan. He's doing a sacrifice, which is auspicious for everyone. And because we listen to all these uh, foolish people, envious people, we are being deprived from participating in that kirtan movement. So the villagers, the uh, townspeople of Navadweep, they started to changed their attitude and they neglected this smarta who were envious and they went with the brahmanas and others who were more favorable. And when Lord Chaitanya would come out from the kirtan in the morning after chanting the whole night, they would come with gifts. Someone would bring a flower garland, someone would bring a new dhoti, someone would bring a chadar. Someone bring incense, someone bring some nice rice, 
for offering to his deity and begging, please forgive us, please give us your blessing that we can become devotees. Tell us what we can do. And the Lord Chaitanya would give them an instruction, Grihitako, Bone Thako, Sadahari, Bolidako. Well, if you're, you live in your house, you chant the holy name of Krishna with your wife, with your children. You all together, you chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. In this way, you gather with your friends and you chant. And by this chanting, I'm giving you this Maha Mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. By chanting this mantra, you'll get Sarva Siddhi, you'll get all the perfection. You'll get all the fulfillment of your desires. Everything you'll get. You go on chanting this mantra in Japa. You go chanting this mantra in Kirtan. You go on chanting. Continuously. Kirtaniya Sadahari. Always chant. This is the only main rule that you should follow. This is a First principle, chant the holy name. 